You're listening to the ModernDogTrainer.net podcast, bringing you the best industry tips and topics for professional dog trainers worldwide. Hello, welcome to the Modern Dog Trainer. I'm Ines McNeil, founder of the Modern Dog Trainer blog. And I'm Kat Camplin, contributor to the blog and co-host for the Modern Dog Trainer podcast. And in this episode, we're going to discuss Sarah's new course, Becoming a Pro Dog Trainer, where you can learn the core principles of professional dog training and some other tips to start a successful business. Feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter at Modern Trainer and on Facebook. All the links are in the show notes at themoderndogtrainer.net. So put your feet up, grab something to drink, and let's get started. Awesome. Welcome, Sarah. I'm really excited to have you here with us today. Can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Hi, Ines. Morning. Hi, Kat. Morning. So first, I'm a teacher. I, I love to teach new trainers and people who are new to dog training about dog behavior, learning theory, about how to train dogs professionally. That's one of my favorite topics. I'm a certified dog behavior consultant with the International Association of Animal Behavior Consultants, and I've been involved with that organization since 2008. And I teach the Association of Pet Dog Trainers online course, Dog Training 101, What Every Dog Trainer Should Know. And I've been seeing clients professionally in my own business since 2001. Wow, awesome. Awesome. So let's, let's jump right in. What are some of the skills someone should have before becoming a professional dog trainer? Hmm. Well, I think being able to walk a dog and not get pulled over is an important one. Um, <laughs> but really, you can't have too much experience handling and observing dogs. And if you don't have that experience yet, it's not a problem because you can always get it. But there's a ton of handling and observation of dogs that has to happen to make someone a proficient trainer. So whether it's with your own dogs or shelter or rescue volunteer, um, or maybe you're caring for friends and neighbors' dogs, you're going to need some experience handling and observing them. Absolutely. Yeah. Less a skill, maybe more of a personality trait, I think, is a willingness to learn difficult concepts. So in particular, concepts maybe you haven't thought about before or ideas that seem contrary to what you've already learned. As we know, there's sort of a lot out there when it comes to dog training already that you may have picked up that you kind of need to relearn or, or dial back and think about in a different way. Um, animal training is a technology, and of course, that's the application of scientific theory, so in our case, learning theory and behavior analysis. And I think you can get to a certain point by physically manipulating a dog or tossing food, but eventually that lack of understanding about how behavior works will catch up to you, and you're going to find yourself being surpassed by trainers who do have a solid understanding of those concepts. For sure. Cool. So just because we have sometimes uh, have very new trainers listening uh can you define handling and observing i i think sometimes those terms are used a lot without clarifying what they really mean yeah that's great yeah so in my opinion that's simply a matter of getting out and working with dogs in a one-on-one -on -one kind of way so that means you are actually walking the dogs or maybe if you're in the shelter setting you're doing some training under a supervised uh, in a supervised setting, and that could include maybe assisting in a dog training class if you can find somebody who would let you do that. Um, beyond that, if you have your own dogs, just making sure that you're, you know, you're working with them, you're out doing stuff with them. Observation, you know, when you get into the professional side of things, you learn that maybe there's more to observation than you first thought, but 
it basically is what it sounds like watching as many dogs as you can maybe going to dog parks sitting watching watching dogs in the shelter watching dogs in a class just starting to get a feel for um, maybe what's typical in dog behavior and what may seem like oh that's that's different I you know I hadn't noticed that before that's a little unusual definitely and just to add to that um I know when I first started out you know I was really involved with dogs at the shelter but uh my understanding of dog body language, you know, I wasn't interpreting things correctly. So while I was observing those behaviors, I didn't, you know, I didn't read up on what they meant or um, I kind of just went with my gut and that was incorrect at the time. Uh, obviously, I've learned since then. Um, so I think observing, but also uh, maybe reading some books or, or watching some instructional videos. I know that uh, Donna Hill has a observation group on Facebook that they do solely kind of dog body language observations, which are really great. Absolutely. Yeah, the educational component of all of this really can't be overstated. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, awesome. So how does somebody decide that they're qualified or have the skills to become a dog trainer and start helping others with their dogs? Hmm, that's a great question. So... I think the ability to communicate effectively with people is one of the first boxes I would check. Mm, yeah. Unless you're training for a research facility, I, I can't think of a setting where you'd be training dogs and not need to communicate what someone should do next to have success for that dog. <laughs> so that, that's verbal and written communication. Uh, career preparation, volunteering, job experience can provide that sort of uh, education for you. Having had a job where you had to write, had to interact with the public before, I think that really helps. And as I mentioned, you know, experience, education about dogs is key. If you can get the experience of having trained a couple of dogs to some level of proficiency in something, whether it's your dog, a friend's, or as a shelter volunteer, that's a really good way to start. Any dog sport or competition title requires a level of training chops that should be sufficient for getting started. And again, you want to mind the education you're getting as you're doing those things. It, what's complicated right now is that it's easy to go out and train a dog without necessarily understanding what you're doing or how you're doing it. Right. right? Sort of like, I got a result. I'm happy with it. We can move on. So what you want to be mindful of as you're working with an animal is why, you know, what's, why am I doing it this way? Why am I not doing it another way? Is this the best way to do it? And so on. You know, in my experience, people who are interested in educating themselves before they get started professionally, they're usually ready to take money for training before they realize that they are. So that is yeah. training questions for friends and family. They've been training dogs for free as a volunteer, or in a lot of cases, they've overcome a difficult problem with their own dog and they've had the help of a mentor. And so they might be able to help others in similar situations. So, you know, if you have the experience, you understand why positive reinforcement techniques work and you acknowledge that as a beginner, you have no business using aversive techniques and I think you're ready. You know, if you can find one, having a mentor is an invaluable preparation before starting off on your own. So observing someone else, working with dogs and clients in a professional setting, that can provide you the confidence you're going to need. And it can also highlight any areas that you need to improve on before you set up your own shop. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that was definitely a, extremely helpful in my career as well as getting a mentor um, that really knew her stuff. So great advice. <laughs> So we were talking about this last night that there was a newly certified trainer that called me for some advice. Um, and it was very clear that she was in way over her head with a separation anxiety case. Mm -hmm. So how, 
how do you, I guess, divide the line between, hey, I'm knowledgeable and can put out my shingle and I'm professional and understanding that there are still some things that you can't do? Right. Well, I would say, first of all, if you have not successfully worked a case like that before, we'll use separation anxiety as an example. So we haven't worked a case where you've gone from beginning to end, you know, with the client and the dog and had a successful outcome, whether it's with a mentor, which is how most of us usually would start something like that, or whether, you know, under the careful guidance of maybe a network of individuals that you can call if you get in trouble and, and you're sort of letting the client know, hey, this is how I'm working this. Um, but if you haven't done that before, that's a pretty clear sign that Maybe, you know, today is not the day to take the severe case where the dog is breaking out windows, right? Right. I think I think that's the first step is just sort of to look back through your history and say, oh, have I, you know, has this worked out for me in the past? Have we done this before? And it, it is hard to kind of decide, um, you know, am I qualified to do this? And again, I think if you're willing to ask the question, I think is a big key that maybe you are going to be qualified, if not now, at some point in the future, right? <laughs> um, rather than just dive in and assume, oh, I know this. And, and this is what's really hard about it, right? We don't know what we don't know. Um, but but if you do find yourself in over your head, you know, this person has actually done a terrific thing in calling you, right? She's, she's saying, hey, I need some help here. Whether she should have realized it earlier or he, I'm sorry, I didn't, <laughs> whether that person should have realized it earlier, yeah, that'd be nice. But now they're on the right track of getting some advice from somebody who, you know, is more knowledgeable. So the first thing would be, yeah, have I done this before? Second thing would be, is this the kind of case that I want to mess with in future? Um, I think that's something a lot of us overlook. I think we, especially when we're getting started, have a tendency to assume we need to take everything that comes our way. And I can assure you in the case of, you know, aggression, biting, separation anxiety, you know, some of these things that become a little more difficult behaviorally, you can get by just fine professionally without touching those um, by referring out and that sort of thing. So I wouldn't feel pressured to take something that feels a little over your head. And I think sometimes that's how we get into those situations. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think anytime you're willing to kind of, uh, I guess, qu not question your your knowledge, but just realize that you, maybe you don't know anything or everything um, is, is a good step forward in the right direction. Uh, especially as dog trainers, you know, it's, it's always great to collaborate and get other ideas from other trainers. So, right. Um, right. And we, and we do it still, don't we? Right. I mean, yeah, we do. But I think in this case, she took money for, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's, there's a certain sense of, I've never worked essay cases before and I just charge these people a bunch of money and I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm going to call for help. Like to me, that's sort of backwards. Uh, it is. And we hope that, you know, it's part of the advice we could give is, Hey, let's dial it back a little bit. Maybe you need to refund. Maybe you need to refer. Maybe you at very least need to disclose to the client that you have not worked this type of case before, at least not one with the severity. Right. Absolutely. So kind of switching gears a little bit here, um, your new course is really designed to teach someone more about the science behind training, but also you go into how to prepare a training plan and how to structure lessons. Um, how did you decide to include these different aspects in you know, your course of becoming a pro dog trainer? Hmm. Yeah, these two topics, these two topics in my experience tend to be overlooked in dog trainer education. Yeah. We're pretty focused on helping people get the education and technical skill they need to do the training and to get a business off the ground. Those are two very vital topics for trainers. But we don't always have a good picture of what the day-to-day -day looks like. So that is, how do we communicate with clients in ways that create success for them? 
how do we design interventions that are effective for an individual situation, each client and dog? You know, those of us who train dogs, we know about the bad and harmful information that's out there on the internet. But you know, on the other hand, we have just a wealth of terrific teaching opportunities online um, and, and learning opportunities. So we can enroll in a course today and start learning about dog training from an applied behavior analysis for the behaviorist perspective, which in my opinion is the most humane and most successful approach to dog training that there is. So if you're looking to become a professional dog trainer, the experience part, you know, you still have to go out in your community and do that for the most part or find hands-on in-person workshops, you know, internships, classes, that kind of thing. The educational and knowledge part, you can really satisfy that with a ton of fantastic online courses and programs now, many of which, Ines, you've covered on your site. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, what sparked you to create this new course? Well, I've been teaching online now for about four years, and I find the format really fun and useful. And I offer a beginning behavior consultant consulting mentorship online through IABC, and that's a really in-depth and personal eight-week program for the full attendees. We meet by a webcam every week for an hour for eight weeks. And then the APDT course, Dog Training 101, that's an expansive overview for people who are testing the waters and thinking about becoming trainers. In that course, I really throw everything on the table and say, okay, here's what you need to learn, go learn it, which is perfect for some people. Mm -hmm. And likewise, the behavior consulting mentorship is for a certain audience, people who are currently training and who want to expand their practice into tackling tougher behavior problems or like some personal guidance on cases. And so I saw a need for something in between. Become a pro dog trainer is an overview for people who are interested in training dogs professionally, have a little experience handling and observing dogs, but would like to review learning theory and have some specific how-tos if they were to open the doors tomorrow. It includes access to a basic course outline for teaching a like a basic manners class, a training plan template, and some advice for structuring those classes and sessions, as we mentioned. It's basically what I wish I had when I started. Mm -hmm. um, we also do some hands-on training challenges in the course so we can improve our mechanical skills. So I try to design courses that I would like to take. Absolutely. Yeah, I do the same thing. <laughs> awesome. Um, so this is pretty much for, for beginner you know, slash kind of intermediate uh, dog trainers. Um, and how will it help somebody like that prepare to become a dog trainer? I would say anyone who would like a walk through learning theory or developing training plans, um, particularly the client communication skills, basic mechanical skills and interventions. So maybe, you know, as I think some of us when we, and I certainly started this way, training under a mentor, kind of observing her, she did not have uh, background in learning theory or behavior analysis. And so you're seeing what people are doing, but you don't really know what it's called or you haven't been able to put a name to it or, you know, you don't <laughs> see that something works, but maybe the science behind it hasn't quite clicked for you yet. Um, so all of that, a little bit of marketing. And then we even have a special section courtesy of the nest on what I call the hard part. <laughs> finding professional support, such as an attorney, accountant, that kind of thing, figuring out your business. Um, man, when I started, I kept saying, I must have said for a year, I can't train dogs professionally. I don't know how to run a business. Right. right? People kept calling me, and eventually I decided that the IRS would probably rather have my money. So. <laughs> 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 um, but it was it was a little painful, and it actually right. it, it took a while for me to really even get to the point where I felt like I have a fantastic help with accounting and taxes now, but for a long time really struggled with, you know, 
figuring out how am I going to get this done. So, you know, we're, I'm looking for people who want to learn about the inner workings of dog training and who possibly want to take that next step to train dogs for money. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love that you kind of, you cover the science behind training, but you also go into kind of how that's applied in, in the real world <laughs> when you're working with clients and, you know, the step-by-step process. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so how does the online course work? Is there a community? I mean, you said, you said that it's like a webinar every week, but, um, you know, is there a forum where people can interact? How does that all work? Sure. Yeah. The course is entirely online. So it's a blended format of video lectures, a few video demos, and some articles. And we'll have a forum for online discussion, so I'll be available to answer questions. And participants are welcome to post their training videos for review and discussion for the training challenges. The class is six weeks long, and the materials will be available for a time after the course is over. And there are no online meetings. Uh, the new material is released each week. There aren't any homework assignments per se. Um, if someone's looking for a class with written assignments, grading deadlines, that kind of thing to work through, the APDT Dog Training 101 course would be a better bet. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I mean, and and really, if you if you still need the uh, the homework and the very you know specific assignments like that, sometimes that's kind of a sign that you're not ready to run your own business because when you're running your own business, there's nobody there to tell you what you need to do next. <laughs> Awesome. And when does your uh, course start? The next Become a Pro Dog Trainer course starts May 22nd. And like I said, runs for six weeks. Um, if someone can't make that one, I'll offer it again in January of 2018. Awesome. Awesome. Um, and then so after you've taken the course, is there any ongoing support? Do you do consults for, hey, I have this problem? Or is that an extra thing? Well, I'll tell you that it's hard to get me to stop talking about <laughs> So right now, I always encourage students if they have questions or problems or issues to call or email me. Um, I'm not at a point, I'm still seeing my own clients. I'm not at a point where um, I'm charging for that. That very well could change. But yeah, right now, if you've taken a course with me and you have a question, I, I'd love to talk to you. Awesome. Great. Well, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It was good to talk to you guys. Are you interested in Sarah's new online course? Go to themoderndogtrainer.net slash prodogtrainer to learn more and sign up. Keep in mind, if you use that link to sign up for the course, the Modern Dog Trainer will make a small commission. These commissions will help us maintain our website, host free Facebook groups, and keep more materials online available for free. Thank you for listening to the Modern Dog Trainer podcast. Don't forget, you can check out the show notes at themoderndogtrainer.net slash podcast. You can also share your thoughts and support our podcast by leaving a review on iTunes. Until next time.